0: Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. And I've just been challenging them to lead us into God's presence. Um, We started a new series last week. Watch this. It'll set it up for you. Yes, but I don't really know the answer to that. Why? Why wouldn't I? It takes uh, takes hope away from you. If, you. if you lose hope, What? what's the point? I believe happens. OK. I do, yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, there are some, some things that are unexplainable. So Life in and of itself is a miracle, all by itself. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. sure. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why is that? Um, I don't know. Why not? I do. Yeah? You believe in God, you believe in miracles. Wow. Do you believe uh, in miracles? Yeah. Miracles happen. Yeah. Do you believe in yeah. miracles? Yes. Yeah, I do believe in miracles. Wouldn't say miracles, but I'd probably say God and Jesus Christ. With anything, with him, anything could happen, you know. So I wouldn't necessarily call it miracles. I just call it divine intervention. Oh, I know. Look, I'm I I don't know about that. I think that okay. They happen every day. All right. What do you think? Do, do you believe in miracles? I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm as uh as, as believing as she is. I don't know exactly what would cause said miracle, but things do just randomly happen without an explanation. Miracles happen all around us every day. I do not believe in miracles as far as, like, something that came from God himself. It's miracles happen in America. Yeah. Yeah, I believe in miracles. Why is, why is that? Because they happen all the time. I actually don't know is the answer to that question. You don't know? I don't know. I'm I'm in a weird spot about that. I think they happen every day. They could be small. They could be big. But I think people experience miracles all over the world every day. Do you think there's a God up there that did all this? Is that what you're asking me? I'm, no, I'm just asking what your opinion. Do you think that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know how it evolved, but I don't think one person did it or one God or whatever. Two conclusions. There's some weird looking folks in Oklahoma. (laughs) And second, there's a lot of work to be done. And the reason that a lot of these folks do not believe in miracles is because they watch us. That was a harsh way to start, wasn't it? I told you last week that Jesus was very clear that signs would follow us. He said in John chapter 14, verses 11 through 14, I'm not going to read it to you again, that we would do greater things than he did while he was here. And then he follows that up in Mark chapter 16, verse 14 through 20, and he makes it crystal clear that we would have signs following us everywhere we went. I believe that the reason that people can stand around and argue about whether there is a God, whether God intervenes in our life is because they watch people like us and they see that we don't have anything following us. And so they're left. With no hope and doubt. That's my sign situation. That's my issue is that we should be seeing signs. You will remember that I told you that I think we don't see signs because if we're not careful, we chase what should be chasing us. We are not called to chase signs or to follow signs around. Signs have been ordered and mandated by God to follow us. I told you that I don't think we see signs a lot of times because uh, we, we relegate signs to superstars. You've got to have a television show. You've got to have some weird quirk about you that makes you just a little bit off kilter and different. And then you have this divine ability to work these miracles. And then I told you that the other thing that happens is that we are afraid of miracles. We're afraid of the mess Miracles are messy. Miracles are messy, y'all. They create uh, debris around them because the only way we're ever going to see anybody get set free from alcohol that is destroying their life is for them to show up here or for you to uh, have influence in their life on a daily basis and hang out to them with them to the degree that they would be willing to trust you to even pray for them to be set free and to see you living your life so differently and not influenced by what's dictating their life that they would actually believe you might have an answer. That was good, by the way, right there. I'll amen myself. That Why would they ask you to pray or believe for them to be set free from something that they see you dabbling in? Amen, Steve. Wake up this morning. Y'all have permission to talk back. I've been at a black church all weekend, and y'all are really way too quiet and way too white. <laughs> Made me want to transfer my membership because they're loud. Now, if you're going to be loud and not actually apply, then don't bother being loud. Now, that was good, too. But, but, I, but if you're not going to be loud and you're going to be quiet, then you better be thinking and applying. All right? Are we together? We're going to move on. I want us. Just begin to look at the miracles of Christ that he performed while he was here and I want to see if we can learn some things. Now I'm not going to have time because he, well I guess we could take every miracle he did it would take us 34 weeks deep into next year. I'm not going to do that so I'm not going to have time to deal with them all. In fact I've already dealt with some of them. Uh, For those of you that have been intending a while you'll know that over our years together I've actually dealt with some of the miracles that Jesus performed. Like I've preached to you about uh, the day that Jesus turned water into wine, uh, called it God Uses Pot because he uses ordinary pots and he produces a miracle. And I taught you that God can work the miracle through your ordinary daily life. And I talked to you about the fact that Mary looked at the, the servants and said, do whatever he says to do. There, There's a good good lesson about miracles. We would see more signs if we would just do what he says to. Okay, to do. And then secondly, I've talked to you about the blind man that Jesus took out of the village. It's, I called it stay away from the village people. I hope you remember that's one of my favorite of all time messages because we've got to get out of our comfort zone and we've got to go to places we've never been. And we'll talk a little bit about that this morning. But that's how we encounter God is that we believe that he, he can do anything in us. And then I've talked to you about the woman with the issue of blood that we got to push past Our issues. We all have issues, but we've got to push past past our issues to get to Christ and become desperate to get to Him. Then I talked to you about uh, the man with the withered hand. And I've told you that too often we come in church and we try to disguise or hide what is withered. Therefore, God cannot heal what is hidden. And so we must bring forth the withered areas of our life and expose them to Christ. And at that moment, He heals us. So I've already talked about some of His miracles. So we're going to skip some. What I want us to do is I want us to pick up Jesus' life account at his second miracle. It's found in John chapter four, verse forty-six through fifty-four. It says this. Now he was back in Cana of Galilee, the place where he made the water into wine. Meanwhile, every time I see meanwhile, for some reason I have flashbacks to the old Batman show. I don't meanwhile, I don't know what sorry. That's just where I'm at. Meanwhile, in Capernaum There was a certain official from the king's court whose son was sick. And when he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and asked that he come down and heal his son who was on the brink of death. Jesus put him off. Unless you people are dazzled by a miracle, you refuse to believe. That's why we don't chase signs. Signs chase us. But the court official would not or wouldn't be put off. Come down. It's life or death for my son. Jesus simply replied, Go home, your son lives. The man believed the bare word Jesus spoke and headed home. And on his way back, his servants intercepted him and announced, Your son lives. And he asked them what time he began to get better. And they said, The fever broke yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock. And the father knew that that was the very moment Jesus had said, Your son lives. That clinched it. Not only he, but his entire household believed this was now the second sign Jesus gave after having come from Judea into Galilee. In the NIV, there's an interesting um, phrasing there in verse 50. It says this, Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Some things I want to point out from this in our I hope you're on a journey. Please join me. I'm on a journey. I am on a journey to see what Jesus said would be a reality for our lives take place in my life. I want to see signs following me. Not so I can get the Bentley, as I said last week. Not so that I can get my name on a TV show. I want to see that because it's part of my inheritance and it's part of my destiny and part of my promise. And I think not only I, but I think you have lived signless for too long. And so we need to learn some lessons in this pursuit of seeing what Jesus said would happen. The first thing I notice out of this account is this. Sometimes you have to go out of your way to get an answer for your need. Y'all quiet again on me. I hope you're thinking. Because see when I read this story what it says to me apparently that that this man was entirely desperate. He was so desperate that he was willing to go out of his way to get to Jesus. In in order for him to gain access to the miracle working power of Christ he had to be willing to go the distance it it must have been a great distance I I don't know I I didn't do the research to see uh, exactly how far it was uh, because it doesn't really necessarily tell us but when you read the account and you discover that after Jesus had had spoken the words and the young man was healed that he left and he began his journey it must have been a great distance because it was the next day before his, his servants intercepted him. And, the, and he said, when was he healed? And he said, they said, about 1 o'clock the day before. So I don't know how far it was, but I'm just, I'm just estimating it had to be at least a 12-hour walk from where he was. And so what it says to me is that there was such a desperate spirit about this man and that his situation was so dire and so so needy that he was willing to travel out of his way a great distance to see his son healed. So my question out of that and the lesson that perhaps we need to learn is, are we willing to go the distance because see I wonder how many of us are in places in relationships in our finances in our spiritual walk in our job situation in our home situation that we are in dire we are in desperate end of the world as we know it situations in which we need Jesus to step in and deliver a miracle for us And yet, we will not go out of our way to access the miracle that we need. We won't do anything out of our comfort zone. It's going to get tight in here. You don't have to be loud. I know it's going to be tight. We won't do anything out of our comfort zone. And we remain signless. What you, what you need to do is, why don't you, if, 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 if you're desperate for a touch from God, you probably need to get into his presence as many times as possible. Would you please consider coming to another service after you've already been to one and encounter God? Are you nuts? I got plans what you really need to do is if you really want to encounter god what probably what you need to do is you need to spend more time in your daily life in the presence of god on your knees praying seeking his face are you crazy and miss football you you You've always worshipped like you're worshipping right now. You might want to consider doing something different and pressing through and bringing a sacrifice of praise. And you might have to sacrifice a little of your effort. And you might have to dance when you've never danced. You might have to raise a hand when you've never raised a hand. Or you might have to just sit down and shut up because you're always saying something. And God's trying to say, do something different. Are you out of your mind? I'm comfortable the way I am. Don't ask me to raise my hands. Don't ask me to sit down. Don't ask me to dance. Don't ask me to do anything other than what I've always done. And we will not go the distance. A pastor can stand up and say, you know what? The Bible says that if you give faithfully, that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you. And we will sit right there week after week and go, I ain't doing that. We won't go out of our way. You know, the Bible says, and we may actually deal with this miracle I don't know I haven't decided yet where the disciples bring a young man that is filled with an evil spirit and Jesus says that there are only some things that come out with prayer and fasting and so somebody can stand up and say you know what if you need a move of God if you need revival in your life you need a sign you need a miracle you need God to intervene in your situation fast you know what we'll do we'll say I gotta find a new church they're just a little crazy there a little extreme We will not go out of our way. We expect him to come to us on our terms. It may just be this morning and in this journey that we're on that we might just have to do something that costs us. We might have to go out of our way. Too many of us will never see signs because we do the same thing. We refuse to go out of our way and we demand that Jesus meet us in our time frame and in our preferred manner. We honestly believe that Jesus is Burger King. He's got to do it our way. I want to challenge you this morning to go out of your way for your miracles. When was the last time, honestly answer this question in your own life. I'm answering this question in my own life now. When was the last time that you actually made an investment prior to demanding a withdrawal? That was good. I might write that down. In fact, I've got it already written down right there. When? Okay, I'm good. Took notes on myself. We come to church And we demand that God intervene on our behalf and we make no investment at all. Get out of your comfort zone. How many of you are willing to try something different to get to God? Because apparently what you're doing right now is not working. Or you wouldn't need the miracle. The second thing I pick up from this story is this, is we cannot allow a put-off, to result in a walk-off. Have you ever prayed for a miracle? And I know the answer to this because it's true in all of our lives. Have you ever prayed for a miracle and felt put off? Have you ever gone to God and, and poured out your heart and said, look, I, I need to see this miracle. I'm desperate for this miracle. i got to have this miracle. And after you get up and pray and you believe and you fast, and you know all that stuff, you see absolutely no change. You see absolutely no results. Anybody been there but me? Okay, just want to make sure. I believe that what happens is a lot of us allow the put-off that we experience in that situation to cause us to walk off. We give up. We quit believing. Some of you in your prayer life, in belief for the miracle that you need in your own personal life, you have actually heard God say, wait, and you have mistaken the word wait for the word no, and what you do is you walk off. There's something to be said for perseverance. Some of you have given up way too soon, and you've given up way too quickly And you've walked off into despair, into depression. You've walked off to try to find other solutions. You've walked off to try to take matters in your own hand. And I just came to tell somebody this morning, just because he put you off does not mean that you cannot trust him and that you will not see a sign. We just have to learn to wait for his timing. That is a cuss word in American Christianity wait. It's a four letter word and so we just equate it with any other four letter word. It's a nasty connotation to us. We don't like to wait on our food. We don't like to wait on our banking. We don't like to wait on anything. We certainly don't like to wait on God. The only problem is is that God doesn't wait on us. We wait on him. Notice this man ask again after Jesus put him off. He refused to allow a put off to keep him from gaining the miracle that he needed. I wonder how many of you have prayed week after week, month after month, year after year, and you still feel like every time you pray, God is putting you off, putting you off, putting you off, putting you off. Don't get discouraged to the point that you walk off. Why? Because, let me ask you a question. If your situation, now, now we're talking about situations here. I'm not talking about you've got a bad toenail going on. All right. I, I'm not talking about situations that are not life-altering, like the fact that I'm losing my hair at a rapid rate. That is not a life-altering issue. I'm talking about, when I say severe situations, I'm talking about where, the, where this man was. He says, this is life or death. This is, I'm going to lose my marriage. This is, my kids are off the deep end, and if they don't straighten up, I'm going to kill them, or they're going to kill themselves. We, at this retreat, we encountered this, this pastor here in Oklahoma City that just a few months ago, got a call as he was standing up to preach that his 17-year-old son had a 44 Magnum in his mouth. That's a dire situation. So I'm talking about, I don't think I can pay my bills and they may come and get my house. I'm talking about, I just got laid off and I can't seem to find work. I'm talking about dire situations. If your situation is severe enough to approach Jesus in the first place, isn't it severe enough to refuse to give up when you don't get the answer you want or need? If it was so bad that I come to Jesus out of a spirit of desperation, isn't it bad enough to keep me at his feet and say, I ain't giving up? and I won't refuse to stay there, and, I, and I, won't, I won't walk off and try to take matters into my own hand and come up with my own solutions. I'll just wait. Some of you have quit. Your faith has died. Don't give. The third thing I see out of this account that we've got to come to grips with is this. There's a question I need to ask you, and that is you've got to decide. You, do you believe this or not? Notice the statement about this man. It's made about him. I, I think it's a powerful statement. Scripture says it like this. He believed the bare word of Jesus and departed. The NIV said it like this, he took him at his word and departed. It wasn't enough just to hear the word. He had to come to the place in his own spirit, mind, emotions where he went beyond just hearing the word and he actually believed the word. See, my concern is is that some of you hear the word every week. Some of you have heard the word for decades. Every week for decades you've heard the word. So I know you hear the word. That's not my question. My question is, is when are you actually going to believe what he says about you? You want to see signs? You need a miracle? Believe his word. I didn't say hear his word. Believe His word. This man had to believe his word. When are you actually going to begin to believe, take faith in what Jesus has said about your finances, what Jesus has said about your family, what Jesus has said about your marriage, what Jesus has said about your dating life, what Jesus has said about your health? When are you going to actually take him at his word? If we're going to see miracles, hear me, church. This is a word for our church, for this congregation, for this body of which you are a part. You need to apply this in your own personal life. We've got to apply this corporately right now. We've got to come to this this junction in our existence where we take him at his word. We say, what's his word? Well, his word is that he heals. His word is that he provides. His word is that he mends. His word is that he promotes. His word is that he delivers and sets free. His word is that he breaks addictions. His word is that he can make the crooked way straight. His word is that he can rescue the perishing. His word is that our children will follow after God and not depart from the way that we train them up in. His word is that he can mend our broken hearts. His word is that nothing, nothing, in Greek that means nothing, 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 bring any need, nothing. Is impossible with our God. That's His Word. We either believe that or we play nice, polite north american little christian where we say we believe god at his word but in the back of our mind we're saying back way back here where we won't admit it that we really don't believe he can do anything because we don't think he can handle aids and we don't think he can handle cancer and we don't think he can handle addictions and we don't think he can handle a broken marriage and we don't we just we just limit god we put fences you can do everything but that and his word is i can do all things Nothing's impossible. If we believe his word, then that should drive our going. Because I noticed in this passage that this man not only believed his word, but once he heard the word, he departed. See, I'm convinced that we would stay and badger Jesus. I got to have more than the word. I need, I need you to, man, I need you to sign, like, get a piece of paper out and write it down so I can take it. You know, I can rest assured that way if it doesn't happen, I can come back and get you. I'll sue you. You've got to make some promissory note or you've got to get. No. It simply says that he took Jesus at his word and went his way. He banked on the word that he got. He went his way once he got the word. He walked away in confidence that Jesus' word was enough. He operated on Jesus' word as if it was a done deal. Therein lies the difference. We get a word from God and we don't actually believe that it's a done deal. We continue to live in fear. We continue to walk around in doubt. We continue to be afraid. We continue to weep. We continue to mourn. He just got up and walked off as if it was done. What more do you need than a word? Let me take you to Jesus' fifth miracle. Because it speaks to the power of his word. It's found in Matthew 8:16. The Bible says they brought him many possessed of the devil. By the way, possessed of the devil is worst case scenario. I've already talked to you about that a couple times now. I'm not talking about they were oppressed by the, the enemy. I'm not talking about they were tempted to do really bad stuff. I'm talking about out and out possession. Their life was turned over to evil. They had no control of themselves. They were out of control, possessed by the devil. They bring those folks to Jesus and the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 that Jesus cast the demons out of them with a paragraph with a chapter with a dissertation on the fact that I produce freedom. I said if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. So, let me show you my thesis on this and my dissertation is 962 pages long and I need you to sit down for 4 months and read it. Then you will recognize the power of what I just said. No, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16, he cast them out with a word. One word. And some of you are waiting on a formula. And some of you are waiting on a recipe. And some of you are waiting on a feeling. Some of you are waiting on the right moment. But let me just declare to you today, if you have a word, you have the formula, and your feelings don't matter. Because in that word is the ability for you to walk into your your miracle. Your miracle is found in the authority of His word. So is there anybody in here that would be willing to join me? in taking Jesus at his word about this church it's not enough for for us to declare a word man we're going to grow take it or leave it but if Jesus says about this church we're going to grow then we got to come to the place Where we are willing to operate on the authority of his word. Are you willing to believe what Jesus has said about this church? You know that Jesus has said about this church on various times that we are going to have influence in this community. That people are actually going to walk in and be set free from addictions. We've even received a word early on that the day was coming when our children, we would go to check our children out of children's church, but they would be over there so enthralled in the presence of God that they would be weeping and worshiping and laying hands on one another and believing. Are we going to take him at his word or not? I don't need a formula for children's ministry. We'll we'll cross all of our T's and dot all of our I's. We've always done that. Kim helped us do that. Karen and Johannes are carrying that out. We're doing it the very best of our ability. We'll get the training we need. We'll get the resources we need. But the reality is, is what I'm really concerned about is what did Jesus say? Is there anybody willing to take Jesus at his word about your marriage? Your health? finances we either believe his word or we don't again it comes down to our faith factor in Matthew chapter 9 Jesus is approached by some blind men and they ask for healing and Jesus, Jesus asked them an interesting question he said do you believe that I can do what I say I can do and their response overwhelmingly was yes because see here's the here's the danger If I ask you if Jesus can do all that he said he can do about our church and about your personal life, I would venture to bet, to safe bet, that everybody in this room would say, yes. Notice what Jesus says. They say yes. Jesus touches them and he makes this statement. According to your faith, will it be done to you I I have a question this morning if Jesus showed up today at Passion Church and made that same statement to us according to your faith let it be done to you would anything change would anything change in your health would anything change in your finances would anything change in your marriage Would anything change about the empty chair sitting next to you? If the signs that we're going to see are based according to our faith it will be done, then I'm scared. We've got to stir up our faith, we need a faith increase. Mark chapter 6 verse 4 through 6 the Bible says Jesus said to them only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them and he was amazed at their lack of faith. When we read that we think well Jesus' miracle power was utterly dependent upon people's faith in order for it to work but that's not what that passage means. It means that Jesus... It, it's not that Jesus was incapable of performing a miracle in Nazareth. He that he could not do miracles. It was this: he would not do miracles because he recognized they had no faith. He performed a few little. I, that's pretty significant to me. He laid his hands on people and they got healed. That I, man, that's great. But in comparison to everything that he could do, it must have been small potatoes because. He only did a few. And we can stand in this building and you can walk in your life and say, I'm excited about what Jesus is doing. And you can settle for less than all that he can do. If you don't actually believe what he said. Listen this morning. We must become a group of people in which he will do miracles because of our complete and total belief in. In the power, the ability, and the effectiveness of his word. A bare word from Jesus is bankable. A bare word is sufficient. You know why? Because a bare word from him is never barren. I hope you caught that. A bare word from Jesus, if you get a word from Jesus, a bare word, it doesn't need to be dressed up, we don't have to make it eloquent, we don't have to make it creative, we don't have to make it pretty, a bare word from Jesus ought to cause us to get up off of our knees and walk out into the authority of the miracle that has been spoken over our, his life, our life because a bare word never returns barren. And then finally, I want to say this to you. His word is timely, but it is never bound by time or distance. He spoke the word on one day, and the man didn't see the result of that word until the next day. Yet he discovers that his son was healed at the very moment the word came across Jesus' lips. At that moment, at that moment, the moment the word came crossed the threshold of Jesus' lips at that moment his son was healed. He didn't see the results or the fruit of that until the next day. That is crucial for us. His word is timely, but it is not bound by time or distance. So you may not see the results immediately, but you can rest assured that once the word is spoken, it is not bound by our time frame, Or by any distance. Jesus' word traveled miles ahead of that man. It may seem like your miracle is a long ways off. And the timing may not be what you expected. But Jesus, listen to this. Jesus has the ability to speak a word today. That will travel ahead of you. And resolve and heal something in your tomorrow. Don't let your restriction to time and space destroy your faith. In the timeless and limitless word of Jesus. See, I honestly believe this. I think that some of you need to go back and grab back a hold of words that you received about your marriage when you were a teenager. Some of you received words from God about what your marriage would be like, how healthy it would be, what you would do together. You may not have known who you were marrying at the time, but who you married to now does not dissolve the impact of that word. Some of you need to go back and grab hold to the word that God gave about your children before your children were ever born. We've got a word about Tal that I've been praying about this all weekend. I think we're going to go get that thing framed and put it up on his wall because I want him to understand that there was a word given about him before he was ever born. And it doesn't matter if it happens when he's 13 or 43. That word will come to pass. Some of you need to grab a word about your kids. Some of you need to grab words that God has promised you about healing and about restoration and about finances, and about destinies, and about ministries, and about dreams that you've laid down and said that can't ever happen. Just because time has gone by, and just because you are now at a distance from where you were, my situation has changed. God, don't you see? Everything's changed. I'm not where I used to be. I don't live where I used to live. I don't go to the same church I used to go to. I'm hanging around different people. That must disqualify me from His Word. No, it doesn't. His Word is not limited by our time or by our space. So we can take him at his word. I, I I went back and I read some scripture. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. This is God talking. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. Different version. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They will complete the assignment I gave them. No time constraints no geographical location attached. He just said, if I speak over you and said, man, I'm stepping out in faith here. If I spoke over your life as a teenager and said, you will be fruitful and you will multiply. I don't care what the doctor says. we got living proof of that in our own family. If God said to you, you will live and not die. Well, I could get really bold here. Say it in a way that probably offend you. So let me get as close as I can. Then screw the doctor. I don't care what he says. His word doesn't override the word. If God says, I'll prosper you. And you look in your checkbook, and you go, God, I can't even pay for a Happy Meal. I'll take his word over any banker. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And everywhere I turn, I'm being assailed on every side. Then at some point, I have to man up. Say, God, I'll take your word over the word of an enemy. I'll take your word over a word of a friend. I'll take your word over an associate. I will take your word over the news. I will take your word over a blog. I will take your word over a Facebook post. I will take your word over my parents. I will take, I can bank on your word. Why? Because in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 it says, He is watching over his word to perform it. So if he has spoken a word over you, let me just tell you what that means. This may not be correct in the Hebrew language. I don't no I just know what it says to me if he's watching over his word if he's spoken a word over me I think he has set up camp I think he's got him a little fire going and I think he's roasting some marshmallows he's just sitting there watching over his word don't touch my word you can't get to my word you can't defeat my word I see depression coming but you gotta back off cause my word I see they're sick right now but my word I will watch Oh, I will set up guard around my word I will fight I will perform my word So my question this morning for you is this. What has he said about you? And what limits are you placing on his word? It's too long ago. It's gotten worse instead of better. I made my own decisions and now I'm having, I made my bed, I got to lie in it. I understand all of that. But I understand that he's not a man That he should lie. (laughs) We can bank on his word regardless of time and space. I want you to stand with me this morning. what you're doing right now. Y'all just going to have to pardon me because I'm just sitting here playing all the words over in my heart, my mind. In fact, that's your assignment right now. Why don't you just for just a few moments, would you just travel back through your life and hear the different words that have been spoken over you Maybe you read them in your word, in your Bible, and it jumped off the page, and you said, that's a word for me. I had one of those in college. Psalms chapter 34, 18. God is close to those that are brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. Maybe you went to a service somewhere, and somebody stood up, and you you witnessed in your spirit that they gave a word that was for you. I don't know. but Would you just begin to play, rehearse, Remember? Father help us remember a lot of us are a long ways from where we were when we got that word and if we're not careful we allow the time and space and the distractions and the changes in life stage us that we misheard but today I pray that you would remind us that your word is timeless that your word is seed it's guaranteed seed it produces fruit every and I pray that we would begin to partner and operate on the authority of that word I pray over couples here that are struggling in their marriage that got a word that said that they were going to have a healthy marriage that one day they were going to marry somebody and their lives would be changed They would be powerfully wed together. And now they even are contemplating, maybe I got the wrong person. And I don't think it can happen in my marriage. I come against that in the name of Jesus. I stand on the authority of your word. Your word was that they would be healthy. I pray health over them. Father, I know there are people in this congregation that have worked receive words about healing they have not seen that healing take place I come against despair I come against doubt I come against fear right now we bank on your word the bare word of Jesus we trust you help us to become a group of people that actually believe that you can do what you say you can do. since his presence here but I told you last week I do not want to relegate miracles to me or to this building <clears throat> would you lay your hand on your neighbor Some of you are touching people right now. You have no clue what words they've received. No clue. Some of you have no clue that right now some of the folks that you're laying your hands on are just about to give up. In fact, the truth is you may be laying your hands on somebody right now that has given up. you would somehow produce faith again I pray that for the person that I'm laying my hands on right now if they once heard your word the clarion word the clear word that it would begin to resound in their spirit again and it would be just like it was on the day that they heard it it would be a renewal to the word that was spoken over them Father, if we're laying hands on somebody that is so discouraged and so tired of believing that they've, they've literally thought about giving up, maybe they have given up, I pray right now that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them. I believe for them. This man believed for his son. His son had no faith. His faith was never even mentioned in the story. The father believed. So, Father, I believe right now for my brother and my sister. I, I I exert my faith on their behalf. And I ask you to respond to their need. Give us a word and let it produce life. We'll go out of our way. We will go out of our way to see miracles in our midst for us and for others. We will go out of our way. To see your hand at work. Stir up our faith. Stir up our faith. Stir up our Jesus name Woody can you help me we've got these cards we're going to give you more of them because I want you to go out of your way the instructions are simple I want you to take these cards to work to school to people that you are in relationship with and start taking up prayer requests they may not have any belief at all that's okay that's why we're doing this he's going to give you at least two more than that if you want them we'll have some sitting at the back so that you can get even more of them just begin to get these filled out and bring them back with you over the coming weeks we're going to stack these all together and on some Sunday here in the future We're going to have a miracle service and we're going to believe and take God at his work and believe that God is going to change some things in people's lives. like a schizophrenic this morning I, I'm i hearing voices <laughs> I can hear Dr. Carpenter's voice saying two weeks ago you're as small as you'll ever be right now <clears throat> I can hear voices saying sitting in a living room saying we want more <laughs> that's, a, that's a word man Live on that. We got folks here that want more. That's a word. Woody, I need your help one more time when you finish. If you get those buckets, I'm, I'm just going to do it like this. I, Lord, help me. I don't know how to end this. I, y'all can stay as long as you want to. <clears throat> want to. Um, Woody's going to stand at the back with those buckets. And to receive your go offering because I want us to partner in that It's part of the word that we have is that from the very beginning in our DNA we are givers we are going to continue to do that but I honestly believe that uh, I don't want to downplay that it's important, it's who we are it's who we will continue to be but I also believe that there are some of you that really do need to spend some time with one another and encourage one another in the Lord because some of you are fighting for your word right now well Steve why aren't you bringing us up front we're going to get there believe me I'm laying foundation here I, I, I kind of want all this to build up until miracle Sunday and then we're just going to let we're just going to explode all over each other <laughs> but I'm purposely doing it this way because I do not want you to relegate miracles to I got to get here I would like for you to say I need a miracle. If I could just get right here. If I could just get right here. That'll do. If we can get to that. Then signs will follow us. Father, I pray you'd bless my folks today. I recognize I cannot undo any curse that you've placed because of lack of obedience. So I pray that obedience would become the mark the character of our life. That we would partner with your word. That we would take you at your word. I pray that your word would overtake us this week. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Father, I pray that your word would overtake us. No, let me, I I take that back. I want to pray it right. Father, I pray that we would catch up to your word. Wow. You spoke words over some of us 20 years ago. We've been lagging behind. I pray that we would catch up to your word this week. And we would begin to see what you said 20 years ago, two years ago, two weeks ago would see it come to pass as we catch up. In Jesus' name. Tina will be in the front west lobby if you need special prayer. You can see her for special prayer. I encourage you to not just run out of here. I encourage you to take a few moments and mingle and encourage one another. In fact, if you don't know what to say, let me give you something to say. Once you find two or three people if you're little uncomfortable about small talk and look them in the eye and say fight for your word